This podcast contains colorful language and some adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy! Hi guys, welcome to the Generation Y Dub podcast, where we ask why we are who we are, why we make our life choices, what's going on in the world, and why we aren't ready for any of it. We're just three friends discussing why Generation Y do what they do. Hi though, why those? Hey. Hi though, why those? <laughs> I love that. That's my new. How are we? Oh. Very good. Episode one went all right. Yeah, I was really nervous though. Very nervous. You can hear that from listening back, I'd imagine, but very happy with how it turned out. I think we all did quite well. I've been really excited for this all week. Like I'm sitting at work and I'm just like, what am I going to talk about on the podcast this week? Yes. It does give you a new lease of life. Like I think so too. I know I came with like a notebook of stuff today, but like it's nice to put your mind to something that you actually have an interest in. Like, I feel like I haven't had that in a while, so it's really exciting. And it's so nice that the interest is ourselves. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking of, how was everybody's week? Connor, how was your week? Yeah, my good. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for Aww. asking. Um, my week was lovely. Yeah, just very average, very run-of-the-mill. Went to go see It Chapter 2. Is it good? In the cinema. Is it good? Yes. Eh. Well, let's just say, if you have good knees and a good lower back, you're going to love it. But if you have... Anything of those that is awful, you're going to struggle because it's really, 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 really fucking long. I'm off of these long films. I don't understand why they exist. I don't understand why people still make really long films. And like, I don't want to bring back intermissions either. Just keep it to two hours. Intermissions. And intermissions. Do, do you remember when there was an intermission? I remember I saw... Nikki, how old are you? I saw Pirates of the Caribbean like, the third <laughs> and there was a bloody intermission and I went out, had a cigarette, went back in. How old were you when you went for a cigarette? like 15 <laughs> I remember going to see King Kong back in the day like the Peter Jackson remake and with Jack Black it was a bit strange but that had an intermission in it it was an awful movie and it was just like an extra 15 minutes of just sitting around waiting Fortunately, year me was not impressed so it too is a no out of 10 it was okay it was good I did prefer the first one but there was a bit of a drama after that okay yeah Explain. so uh, in it chapter 2 uh, the opening scene is very dark. You might have seen people talking about it online. It's a very, very dark gay hate scene. No spoilers, please. Oh, sorry. Well, there's a bashing. There's a gay bashing. And oh. it's very dark, very graphic. As a gay man myself, it's a little bit disconcerting. I knew that going in. Yeah. It is a horror movie. Did expect it. Um, I read the book, so I knew it was coming. Okay. So when you read it, it's just like, oh God, but to actually see it on camera is a little bit disorientating. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, was not expected to be this graphic. Don't know what I was expecting from a movie with a killer clown. I shouldn't have those expectations, but here we are. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we saw the movie and it was fine, but it was as we were leaving the cinema, uh, just a typical older gentleman decided to call us faggots from across the street. What? Which was so funny considering we were literally just talking about that scene and it, that happened to us in public and it was oh just like... Oh my God. It doesn't bother us anymore, but it just goes to show, like, those I almost that are just out there. laughed at the irony of sitting there being all like, you know, discussing like gay bashing scenes in movies in the past, and is it necessary? Is it, is it just there to get an article in BuzzFeed kind of thing? And they say, you know, faggots! And I'm just walking along there with my cute little tote bag, and my hands in my pockets, skipping along with my short shorts. I don't know where he got this word faggot from, but <laughs> there it is. Oh my god, guys, I'm so sorry, that's shit. Well, yeah, that was our week. How was yours? It wasn't as bad as yours. I actually feel really bad that that happened. <laughs> well, I mean, work was fine. It's kind of been a long week, but it was fine. I did something I never usually do when I had a few drinks last night, and I never have drinks. You don't drink alcohol. I'm ho- well, I'm wholly against alcohol during the week. Like, I just can't do it. But um, I had a few drinks last night, so I felt a bit Once sorry you reach 25, for myself today. It's oh, it's, it's, it's awful. 
Um, I felt a bit sorry for myself today, but I'm good. I had a nice week, but um, yeah, all is good. Also, just to interject, I feel like we need to have a an episode on after work drinks. Yeah, so we spoke about this. Yes. I haven't had after work drinks in my new job yet. It's not even new anymore, but I haven't had any yet. To be fair, I've been at my job for two years and I've only done it twice. Yeah, but I think I've had so many bad experiences that I just don't ever want to do it again. Fair. To be honest, yeah. after work drinks is like my only hobby I'm good at. I feel like it's like part of my culture. It's definitely part of like the job of being a teacher, I feel. I would have during work drinks if I was <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think I could do I remember like, talking to teachers back in the day, like back in the 80s and the 70s. And they say, like, on a Friday, like, they go to the pub and have dinner and a sneaky pint and then go back to work. And I'm like, we can't even leave the school gates to go get a Greg's nowadays. People are saying, are you leaving the school? Oh, God. I know. It's funny, though. It's a different world now. It is a different world It is a different world. So, ladies, gentlemen, and if you're undecided, that's also okay. Thank you. Um, Why are we here this week? What are we talking about? I believe we all decided to talk about childhood, right? And growing up. But not just anywhere. Growing up in Ireland. Yes, I feel like this is kind of building on from last week. We were talking about how we're all Irish and we moved away from home and stuff. So I think it'd be nice to kind of touch base on how we grew up. What was it like growing up in Ireland? All of our different kind of ups and downs. Yeah. And I think as well with us Generation Wires, we are told that we're like infantilized. Is that the word? We're infantilized. Infantilized. Explain a bit more. Isn't that when... Maybe I'm getting this, this word wrong, but isn't that when you're kind of like... a child who never really grows up like we kind of still yeah behave like kids and we're so really in touch with our inner child which I actually don't think is a bad thing but I think that's why our age and we're still quite young anyways we're not so much over our teenage years but I think that's why childhood and growing up has like such an effect on us and I think it's a good thing to talk about Mm -hmm. and we'll actually discuss later on but I think especially for um gay men that's a huge problem with the gay community. Like, no. your inner child not growing up properly. Yeah. So you still hold on to certain behaviours and how you act. It's, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's a huge problem, but it's something that's really it's a obvious. Phenomenon. Yes. It's a phenomenon. It's something but, you really see in gay men like in the late 20s and early 30s. Okay. Where, or your first thought is, why are you acting like a 16-year-old? And we actually sit down and think about it. It makes sense. It makes sense. But oh, that's, that's the comment. But that will be on another episode. Well, we, this is great. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm getting so deep before we even start. I know. I'm 90% sure we're going to have like episodes gay one, two, and three. Yes. I mean, I'm here for it. I need to learn. Um, so I guess we all grew up in Ireland, but we all have very different childhoods, right? So uh, we all grew up in different parts yes. of Ireland. So I'm the one who'll be the exception because I'm from down south. I'm also the exception because I was born in Limerick, which is a county in Ireland, and I moved away from that county to another county when I was nine years of age. Okay. So I had effectively two different childhoods, two different groups of friends, two different primary schools. I had a big change halfway yeah. through my childhood. Oh. It's funny you say that. Mine is kind of similar. I didn't move county, but I lived in the inner city in Dublin, mm-hmm. kind of inner city, basically. And then I moved from there when I was 10 to the suburbs, but I still went to school in the inner city. So I had, I know, my fancy kind of like... The suburbs. That's what it's called. The it's suburbs. suburbs. <laughs> Which is basically just where you got your kids out of the city because it's shit on, it's full of drugs. So like, it's <laughs> Does anyone else appreciate the fact that Nikki's voice gets so much more Dublin when she talks about inner Dublin? <laughs> what can I say? It's very frog. <laughs> Dublin. Um... Yeah, so I had the same thing. I had, like, my friends in school mm. and, like, my friends that I grew up with in the city and then the ones that I made friends with in the suburbs. So I had, like, these two lives yeah. too. So tell me a bit about yours anyway. I always feel, like, really bad when people ask me about my childhood. Like, how, how was it? How you in your family? Were you... So there's my mum, my dad and my younger brother. 
but we were not one of those Irish families in which, like, you know, your grandmother's across the road here, your first cousin's here, your aunt is a two-minute journey down the road. You know, like, those Irish mm-hmm. families in which, you know, your brothers and your sisters and your cousins and your grandparents are all in, the, like, the one place. I mean, okay. mine is like that. Yeah. Just at me next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I never had that. So I grew up only seeing my grandparents and my cousins at family events every, like, say, three or four months. Wow. Which I think is a huge thing in that Irish is family. Really, and it's so normal, maybe, to families outside of Ireland. Like, I yeah. know even my other half doesn't see his family as often as yeah. I would have when yeah. I lived at home because you're right, everyone is close to mm. each other. Like, we're the exception for moving away. Oh, no, exactly, yeah. Like, they're all there. Yeah. Uh, but when I moved to Tipperary then, that's when all my dad's side of the family was there. Mm-hmm. And I started doing things like, you know, Sunday lunch at Grand's and Cute. realizing that my parents' cooking was shite and my grandmother was like a fucking master chef winner. Yes. She'd actually gone on it. She was Every incredible. And just things like starting evening drinks with family and cousins and actually getting to know your own family. So how old were you then when you were introduced to your family again, really? Yeah, so I was nine when we went and I've actually only seen them maybe once or twice a year. So going from that to seeing them like practically every week, mm-hmm. I quickly like, realised I didn't like half of them. And we're joking. Small <laughs> No, but it was, it, was, it was just really nice actually. And I just say, I was basically getting to know them for the first time. And I became really good friends with my cousins and my family. Which was really nice. That's really nice. It was, it was lovely. And I'm very grateful for it. Oh, that's cute. Really grateful for it. I think especially if you come from a smaller family, like a media family, so if it's you and your brother, and then yeah. you are introduced to all of these cousins, and you get along with them, like that's so nice. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank God. Yeah. What about you? How many is in your family, Connor? Or what's your sauce? What's my sauce? Yeah. Um, yeah. Stereotype. <laughs> yeah. I, I think my family is like the very typical Irish Catholic family. Grew up uh, my parents, and I'm the oldest of three. So I have a younger sister and a younger brother, so there's the five of us, but like John so casually said, uh, we all grew up in the same area as the rest of my family. So my extended family, both my mother's side and my father's side, all grew up in the same town. Are all your grandparents from Dundalk as well, all four of them? Yeah, everyone's from Dundalk. And your great-grandparents are from Dundalk? Actually, I actually met my great-grandfather, I knew him for a long time. He was like, wow. yeah, I knew him up until I was about 15, How 16. old did he live until? He was like 94. Wow, nice. Yeah. I met two of my great-grandmothers as well, actually. Mine was the same, I had my great-grand up until oh. I was probably the same age, and all of my family are from Dublin, so it is as ancestral as <laughs> Well, the thing is, I'm really big into like ancestry and stuff, so there was a couple of, about a year ago, where I was into like looking at my family tree, and I was like, cool. yes, I'm going to be like related to some like distant Irish king, and this is my josh. And literally, I think I got back about seven generations, and they were all from the same 10 mile radius. Oh, so oh. you are really blue. I'm sorry. Like you. Do you know that Lizzo song, like, just took a DNA, <laughs> turns out I'm 100% Irish. Incest, you <laughs> um, But yeah, so that, that's kind of my family. Brother and sister, right? Yeah, so younger brother, younger sister. They're both in their 20s now, so they're not really younger, but to me, they'll always be babies. How do we feel about our siblings? Because, John, you and I kind of have a similar-ish with ours. Oh, we were, like, really, really close when we were, like, children, children. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we kind of grew up, and then we reached that age where you're supposed to both... Because there was only two years between us. And I suppose we reached that age where we were both supposed to start liking girls, and then he had a lot more interesting girls than I did, even though he was <laughs> two years younger than me. And then, you know, he got... I got my friends, and he got his friends, and my friends weren't exactly out there chasing women. His friends were into that... And it's a little bit of like, not contentious, but you could see we're quite different in that case mm. and sense already. Mm. But, you know, it is what it is now. Now we're in our 20s and I'm getting more tail than he is, so. <laughs> I'm the winner. Pwned. Who says tail? 
That's oh, so leave me alone. I watched like this really funny TV program last week and they said tail. So, <laughs> so what about you, Nikki? What about your brother? So mine is kind of similar to John's in that when we were kids, we were like inseparable. So in my family, it's my mom, my father, myself and my younger brother. And we were like very close knit growing up, like mm -hmm. inseparable, really good friends. Didn't even mix like anyone else. It was kind of just us two. And then when you grow up, a boy and a girl, I guess, is probably more difficult to be best friends with as a teenager anyway because I'm like the annoying big sister and he's the annoying younger brother so like it doesn't work out yeah but I really craved and I think it was especially when I moved here like a closer relationship with my brother because he is the only one that I have and I'm really close to my parents and both my parents are really close to their siblings and I love that like I love that everybody's really close and I was like I don't want to be the aunt that like his kid only sees every few years and we don't speak like I oh, hate yeah. that that breaks my heart that breaks yeah. my heart even thinking yeah. about it so but I think in the last few years we've definitely grown a lot closer and he's come to visit me for a few weekends like things that he never would have done and that literally warms my heart like the fact that we can have a relationship outside of one with my mom and dad like we can be possible we can be friends and we don't text every day we don't talk every day but and you don't need to we don't need to but it's so nice but it's definitely comes with age your relationship with your siblings is something that comes with age i think teenagers are dick heads true word and even on that topic that's kind of the same relationship that i have my siblings so there's i think seven years between the oldest and the youngest so between me and my brother there's seven years okay. and then emily's kind of am i allowed to say my sister's name it's fine uh she's in the middle shout out. shout out um so she's in the middle and you all look so alike do you think? Yes. I don't think so as much now I that we're older. So as kids, we did look all very, very similar. I do think the three of us do look quite distinct now, but that's another. There was like a family photo that I saw or something like that, and the literal. Uh, for the benefit of the podcast, that was a spitting noise. Spit noise, yeah. yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, but the three of us get on really well, but it's a really interesting dynamic for the three of us because the three of us have quite different personalities. So, when I was growing up, I was kind of like a fun little child, blah, 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 blah. And then when I got to about eight or nine, or maybe 10 or 11, that's when I started to kind of understand who I was as a person mm -hmm. more and I became aware of myself and you know purity and sexuality and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff so I was going through all that in my head so I didn't really have time for my siblings as much when Society they were beat you down basically <laughs> um and then as I kind of moved out of that phase when I was about 15 or 16 I was getting a bit more happy and okay with myself um my sister started going into her uh moody teenager phase which yeah. lasted a good 10 years I think it has I think it lasts a long time for women oh, not going it? to lie yeah it, I was a fucking nightmare they call me Nikki the nightmare <laughs> they still do oh funny story side note whenever so this nightmare nickname doesn't I never shook because I'm still a nightmare True. and like my boyfriend calls me my parents say they also call me Voldemort so it's either Voldemort <laughs> or nightmare he must not be named show respect apologies um, so whenever I fly home, they always say that the skies go black because nightmares landing. <laughs> nightmares landing. And like, I was an absolute nightmare from the age of like 13 to 17. I took every fucking drink that was in my mom's cupboard. I screamed at my dad at the top of my lungs. Like I was horrific, but I still like love them. Like I still, like, yeah. what's changed? <laughs> <laughs> Is that, one of those, like, is that one of those, like, my parents loved me, but I don't think particularly liked me for a couple of years? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I definitely went through that phase. Like, yeah. my parents obviously loved me. There was definitely, like, a year where they were probably thinking, like, I don't think I actually like John as a person, to be honest. So, speaking of parents, 
I guess we just touched on it a little bit. What kind of what would your relationship with your parents be like now? I guess as opposed to growing up. No, oh, well, it's quite different because I feel like your relationship with your parents changes quite a lot. Yeah. Um, right now, I have a fantastic relationship with my parents. I love them both. Actually, I have a really your good relationship. Are the bomb. Oh, you've met them, haven't you? No. <laughs> I'm not saying no. No, Ben's oh. met them, um, and he, oh, yeah, your he loved them. them. <laughs> he loved them. But like, your dad's a DJ, so I'm like flex on that shit. Yeah, dad. Dad is a proper DJ. He's like a wedding DJ for it's his entire so life. So cool. Yeah. I have a good relationship with like all five of them. So the five of us have a record. We have group chat. So nice. Uh, we all get on really well. We love talking. What's your group chat name? The fan bam. Very boring. Mine is Fatties. Okay. Our group chat is called Fatties. That's not because we all me. call each other Fatties. Okay. In that exact voice. Yeah. <laughs> we don't I have, have one, real so we don't issues from growing up in my family. Real issues, I'm joking. Yeah. We don't have a group chat, so we obviously don't love each other. But that's fine. That's 2019 <laughs> oh, yeah. where Josh and I love. Do you have a group chat? No. So you family hate each other. Basically. Is that what you're trying to say? And basically, yes. Wow, this is turning into a therapy session real fast. Uh, so yeah, my relationship is really good with my parents. Dad was kind of the, the dad who wanted me to play all sports and get into football and all that oh. kind of stuff. That wasn't... To be fair, I remember turning around to my parents and like, God, I wish I had like a musical instrument or I was good at sports. And my mother just gave me a deathly stare and was like, you tried everything and you were crap at everything. Oh, wow, that is... And I was oh, like... She served some harsh <laughs> And to be fair, she was totally right. Yeah. I was crap at everything. Oh. But my mother is... Um, I love but my mother. But now you're in marketing and you're so creative. <laughs> yes, I'm now fabulous and I have my own London life and I live it. Um, Nikki, what, about, what about your relationship with your parents? Um, I've always been super close to my parents. My parents are quite young. Um, we know. Yeah. Super close. And they're like, they're quite young and they're kind of cool and... They and that sounds cool. so lame. My parents are so cool. They're not. Your like, parents are like... Oh, I love your parents. Your yeah. parents are um, the bomb dog. I'm, I, yeah. I get along really well with my parents and I what I loved about growing up with my parents is that and this is maybe getting a little deep but it's just something I've noticed recently. So like... As a girl, they never put like a gender on me in a way like there's nothing I could, I couldn't do. Mm. There was nothing I couldn't do because I was a girl. There was nothing I wasn't capable of. Like my dad and my mom are so proud of me, and my dad talks to me like he would his son or anyone else. Anyone else. Yeah, and so it's, nice. It's it's honestly one of the nicest things that my parents like that I know is in my parents. I just think it's so lovely. They're so supportive of everything I do. My dad and I killed each other growing up. We're very similar, and we are very stubborn, and we both heads like crazy and every journey to skill in the morning was an absolute screaming match like my poor brother was traumatizing her i couldn't <laughs> imagine are you like backing down Scur- no i could i couldn't imagine like, that or what are you even saying show. sorry i could not see it but they were great they were really open when i was growing up like they were open with everything with like boyfriends with sex with not in a creepy way no <laughs> but you know it was every there was nothing that we couldn't speak about that's weird my parents were the complete opposite Really, yeah. my parents were the complete opposites, but I think it's also because they're probably like, we don't want to talk about that kind of sex. Do you think? Do you think it's because you guys are gay? I did think that, but then I looked at my brother and sister, um, and it's the same. Oh, like yeah. our family are very. Doesn't that make you feel a weird bit better? <laughs> like now that I'm older and I look at it, I'm like, that's not very healthy. I agree with you on that one, but then that's a double-edged sword for me. I kind of also like the fact that it's like your grand dust yourself off and move on because i find maybe as a woman too it gives you like this strong sort of coping mechanism where you can just sort of get through things and like move on which i would say that john quick question if nikki's family called her like nikki the nightmare what were you like as a child (laughs) oh i feel like i was 
Um, what's like this really boring happy-go-lucky child because you're a very stubborn adult for lack of a better word <laughs> no I was really like just really like I like to think of myself like, I was like a really easygoing and boring I'll do my homework I have a couple of friends I did sports I did the activities I used to go train like four times a week and it was like three times a week and then twice a week and I was just kind of like I've been to train in like six months it's just kind of like I don't know why it's just like oh you know it's just really hard for me right now it's just drinking and just yeah. myself <laughs> But I, was, I wasn't even a big drinker because I remember I took the pledge and I was like, I'm going to stick to the pledge. I'm going to show oh how God, it is. Oh my God, I know, I took the pledge. And so, I really stuck to it as much as I possibly could. <laughs> and my ben- parents are really respectful of that. So I didn't probably start until I was like 17. And for the benefit of the podcast, the pledge is a very Irish Catholic thing. When you do your confirmation, when you're about 12 years old, in the faith of Jesus Christ, you take a pledge to uh, not drink alcohol until you're 18. I completely forgot about this, actually, and y'all just Catholic guilted me into my, <laughs> my first drink at 14 years old, and I feel really bad. Oh, I broke the pledge, too. Do you oh, think, 100%. like, when you drink your first vodka, like, Satan is just going through your body saying, hey, you're mine now, bitch! <laughs> well, well I, you two are gay, so you're the ultimate yeah, there's I was nothing, about to say. There's nothing you can do there. I don't know whether this applies to being Irish and it's good. You know, we have, like, the jock and the geek and the... No, that's you know, a very American, very American, American stereotype. Yeah. I was friends with the guys who played football. And I was mm-hmm. friends with the guys who played hurling. Not great friends, but it wasn't like they're gonna lock me in my locker, you know, and stick my head down the toilet. Yeah, yeah. people like the weed smokers are actually dickheads. You know, like in American TV, they portray like the weed guys as like you know, cool hey guys. man, how you getting on? Yeah, we don't care. Actually, they were the fucking dickheads when I was in school. Yeah, yeah, they were nasty dickheads. I always think it's funny in school, um, where I was anyway. I think it is with a lot of skills where you know like the American style of skill is like if you've got all the money and you're rich 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 you're rich <laughs> and you're posh you're like the coolest kid in school whereas in my school if you were the scaldiest bastard like if you were the lowest of the low yeah he would bait the head off someone he would like came from the worst family yeah. he was so intimidating you were the coolest motherfucker in school that was with our school too you oh, were yeah. so cool like oh, the shittier you were in the grand scheme of things the cooler you were in oh life. yeah if you if you like to live in a mansion or like a really nice house and i was in school you just were kind of like that. shut up you rich dickhead yeah we're probably come stem from deep 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 jealousy it definitely sounds from jealousy, but also is it like a weird like class wars? Is it class it's a wars. class war, but it's is it a weird like it a famine like... Tri- being triggered by being <laughs> Oh my like, god. So uh, rich so rich people are basically English stealing yeah. the potatoes. Again, <laughs> again, well, Episode two and we're on the famine. No, no, you no. Cannot be I'm not the I thought we have talked about in the intro in the first episode, so I'm really True. fucking proud of us. Well the intro for episode one was a bit mystic Meg, so you can't have it all. And her bye they're so incredible how was school for you Connor? yeah so school for me was kind of fine like I I look back on primary school and I'm like it was kind of average for me like I was I was that kid who would hang around with all the girls most of the time but I still had kind of some nerdy guy friends that I was friends with you Ooh. went to a mixed school yeah I was in an all boys school I was in an all boys school I really yeah. do wonder what life would have been like if I had been in all girls school would I have like hung out with the girls and would they have been you know like a bit more intuitive at like 13 or 14 like John like you just know you're gay you just get over and I like, just come out would that have happened or because I stayed in the closet for quite a while not, not the like the guys were dickheads but I just felt like I wasn't going to come out or say anything because I was in an all boys school mm. you know they give me no reason not to yeah but I wonder I can see that because you do, do get more shit in an all boys school and obviously it's lad culture times a thousand yeah. because there is no female influence except the teachers who nobody but what toxic it masculinity it is it is a little bit but yeah. what would have happened if you had more of a feminine side of, or feminine like you know experience at school? I don't know I, 
I don't know, like, when I have, you know, been close friends with the girls, when I have felt a bit more not afraid to, like, mention that I watch certain TV shows or when I have not been so self-conscious of the wrist or, like, my the voice. Wrist. You know, the wrist. The wrist. The voice is, rising more than the should. Is he, you know. Is he, you know. <laughs> you know. You know. All of, us are, all of us are doing the wrist. There's a great meme for that. That'll be on our Instagram, so make sure you go follow us and check that out. Ew. Oh, my God. Speaking of that one, I saw one, like, the straight equivalent of it. It's just kind of, is he, you know, a friend of... Ed Sheeran oh. and then they do this with their hand like a fist bump into the air and I screamed for like four <laughs> hours I was like that's it so I went to an all girls comment from the minute I was four the minute I was four until I was 16 I was a catholic school girl um, and honestly I wouldn't have it any other way like rolling out of bed at 10 to 9 in the morning throwing your hair up not worrying about makeup not worrying about having to impress lads was like the best upbringing i have ever fucking had really oh my god obsessed that's so strange to me because in my hometown i went to a mixed school for secondary school as well but there was two all-girls schools and a few all-guys schools and i feel like the all-girls schools were well known for like being bitchy and i feel like girls schools being really bitchy so uh, this is true and like i have friends who went to like really good private schools in dublin who had like awful times who i mean i didn't i went to a fairly scaldy well I wouldn't say that because like shout out to my homies but <laughs> I, w- I, w- I would say that we um, qualified for lots of underprivileged grants like that. Okay. Um, in saying that it was an absolutely amazing skill like I loved it and I loved that yes it was underprivileged and it was in like maybe a lower income area but because it was such a good skill we got loads of people coming for like the education for the teachers so it was a real mix like it was a real mix of skill and I loved school because I kind of hung around with everybody, even though you were like, I was a bit of a rocker in school. Like, I was a goth when I was growing up. Oh my God. Um, I've seen the pics. I had like long purple hair. I would wear like flare jeans. But the joy of growing up in a school as well with a uniform was that I, people didn't know that like that side of me existed. So they just knew me for yeah. me or whatever. And I would hang around with like the normies or whoever they were yeah the non-goths let's say and i'll never forget it was like non-uniform day in second year and like nobody knew that i was this absolute pookie we call them because like puka i think is irish for ghost so it is we call it pookies. so nobody knew that i was like flexing i'm learning my so much i'm sorry and i walked in on non-uniform day in second year and i had black flared jeans a black t-shirt with like stripy um sleeves and like bad kitty written on it <laughs> and it, i had a hood and it had like cat ears and everyone was like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, Who is this girl? I was like, hey, dogs. Like, walking in oh the my apartment. God, hey, girls. I am Amazing. both shocked and disgusted. I was so, I'm sorry. I don't regret that time in my life at all. Being a goth was the coolest thing that ever happened to me. I will never be as cool as I was when I was 14 years old. Were you that MySpace kid? Oh, I was on MySpace. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah, I was on MySpace and I had like a big emo fringe. Obsessed and I, with Fireman. Actually, how, I mean, we grew up in a time where the internet was kind of emerging, I mm, guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what kind of platforms did you guys have when you were a teenager? I mean, I had MySpace. Did you have MySpace? Bebo! Bebo! I, I, I had MySpace. It was very much Bebo and then it was the Messenger. Bring back Bebo. Do you remember you could have skins on your Bebo Oh, you could properly like, yeah. get into the HTML and build your and own build file. Your own. Like, so yeah. someone built their own skin and it was like a Dublin girl skin and it was like pictures of these like girls in like Adidas tracksuits with like one extension coming out of their head which is like a style in Dublin I both of you don't have me like on 10 heads but like Dublin girls will get it Dublin girls you know what I'm talking about shout Please out ladies post your pictures it was like Bebo Stunners Shit. I'm upset. I do remember Bebo Stunners. I remember that phrase. I was, I I was on Bebo Stunners. I, I was an actual Bebo Stunners on stage. 
So then, John, what were you like in secondary school? I just remember, sorry, I'd come out, I just remember like a giant, like, side fringe. Side fringe. I'd have to go like this. I remember all my friends were girls just going like this, every <laughs> foot. Yeah. Was all around just fringe. doing this. It's just kind of like, why is your fucking fringe, like, also, four times more hair than, the, than the your actual head? Gave you the forehead she could ever think of in your entire existence. I suppose she's so oily, I suppose. You had greasy-ass hair. Yeah. Like, oh. Did you have one growing up? What, an email phrase? Yeah. No, I didn't. Again, see, I, I went to a really small secondary school. My town was small. My secondary school was small. We had skater boys, mm. if that makes sense. So they they were wearing, like, flare jeans, and they were wearing, like, you know, these chains my and, like, Slipknot hoodies. We would call them Slipknots. But I wasn't one of those. My brother was one of those for, like, a hot minute because it was the cool thing Can to do. Can you give him my number? <laughs> <laughs> God, like, when buying the jeans, you have to, my mom was like, roll them up and sew them for him. Okay, oh, every, so cute. Every rocker's nightmare was a wet day in those fucking... Oh, God, I couldn't Bella, Like, what are they called? Bell, Bell, not Bell and Jeans. <laughs> <laughs> what are they um, yeah, you can buy Bell End jeans on our website. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing worse than a wet Bell End jean. Okay, I don't know what I'm talking Bell about. Bell bottoms. Bell bottoms, that's it. Bell bottoms. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Um, so I think I prefer Bell End, to be honest. Who were you in school? Oh, right. So it gets like a little bit depressing. Not depressing. But again, I was in an all boys school. It was quite small. I didn't want to do anything that kind of made me stand stand out. So I wasn't as if I was quiet. I was very chatty and talkative, but I didn't give myself a discernible personality. I wasn't a god. I was just one of the kids who was like nice to the teachers and wasn't an absolute dickhead to the teachers and did nerd. The, basically, I did the homework most of the time and things like that. I was like one of the people who loved football and all that kind of stuff because it was either that or being an outcast to a degree. Oh, that yeah. was really. So yeah, I know, I know, it was really sad, yeah. But then I got to like my evening start and I kind of, you know, and I was like, I'm out start. now and I'm proud. So then I just heard this little faggoty camp kid. Yeah, I think I kind of had the same. Which was cute. I was Which very... I was allowed to do because I was in an all boys school, so I probably waited a lot longer than other if I was in a mixed mm. school, that's what I mean. I, yeah, I, I, I didn't think like I had that support system to act like that. But my last three months, I was like, fuck it, I'm probably never going to talk to any of you again when I go to college in a couple of months. So, hey girls! Was yours the same then, Connor? I was kind of very boring as a child. I was boring in primary school. I was boring when I went into secondary school. I find this so hard to believe. Oh, believe it, Nikki. I was like really boring um, in primary school and secondary school um, until I got to about like 13 or 14. So I did transition year. Oh, which, same. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, in the Irish secondary school system, there's a year called transition year um, that you don't have to do. So it's a year between kind of like the lower side and the higher side. So I think between your GCSEs and your A-levels. Mm -hmm. Um, between your junior sir and your leaving sir, what we would call them. And you didn't have to do it. It was kind of like a discover yourself year. Um, so I did that oh. and that kind of really brought me out of my shell and embraced Don't my... Don't do homework for a whole year. <laughs> basically. Embraced my campiness and my gayness and then I became the fabulous creature you know today. So did you come back in fifth year as RuPaul? I'm just like... <laughs> oh, imagine. <laughs> do you think... Here's a question you both said, because like I look back at my childhood and I was very like trying to like my stamp on my life and like be this person that I wanted to be and both of you said oh I was really boring as a child but you're like the least boring people I know now do you think you were holding back because of your sexuality when you were younger yeah uh, yeah a thousand percent I very much viewed it as I keep my head down I had friends as long as if I was sitting in my room and I talked yeah. to nobody I had friends I went out I did things I played playstation went out drinking all that kind of thing but I never 
I would never like sit in the pub and be the person who would like start a story or have everyone looking at me. I'd very much like sit there and be that person who would sit there listening to the person tell the story. I'd be the person who would like talk in the small group kind of thing. I do think I was looking ahead thinking when you get to start, and it's not as if nobody ever gave a reason not to, especially like 15 or 16, you put in your head like, you know, in a couple of years, you're gonna to go to a city and you're gonna meet a lot more people, people who are a bit more like you and you yeah. can come out of yourself. And you felt the same kind of Kind of, like, I don't, I don't think I thought of it so, so presently, like, oh, I need to like not stand out and stuff. But yeah, I definitely feel like- it, well, You were out longer than me because you were out for like two years before you went to college. I mean, I Where know we want to discuss like the coming out thing and and give it yeah, a step in a proper episode. But that how, deserves its own episode. How oh, by far. A podcast, honey. But how old were you when you came out? Oh God, about 15, 16? Okay, in and then that, that time. I guess that shaped the rest of your exactly that, years. Exactly. Yeah. Because, because I had come out the way I did. Listen to another episode for more information. Yes. Um, refer to. Episode. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, because of that, I kind of forced me to think about who I was a little bit more and kind of embrace myself and stuff so that was kind of fun and that kind of pushed me out of out of the closet for lack of a better word because you went to a mixed skill too did you have lots of girl friends that was my question do you think the girls being in a school with girls did you feel like I had this gang of girls who I know not that they won't I'm not saying that the boys would okay. you, but like the gang of girls would be your little, would be your girls. So I know what sense. you mean. I know what you mean. I feel like that's a very typical thing. It's like, oh, he was a gay guy in school, and he had a group of girls, or blah blah blah. I'm just gonna say, it. I was a, a very popular kid. Not gonna lie, I was friends with everybody from like when I was about fifteen or what sixteen. What happened? I was really quiet, kept to myself. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Took me a second. Cause I have like five friends now, and I'm pretty sure four of them don't like you. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but yeah, I was really popular at school. Like I talked to everybody. I wasn't everyone's best friend, but like I knew everybody. I would chat to everybody, that kind of that. thing. Floater. Floater, basically. And the guys that I would be really good friends with by the end of secondary school, who I'm still really good friends with today. Uh, love them all to pieces. Shout out to the crew. So yeah, school was like a wild time, but I feel like growing up in Ireland is completely different to like growing up over here. Like I don't know that many kids in the UK, so I can't like attest to their lifestyles, but I've seen a lot of skins. So I can kind of guess what the kids are up to, you know? I mean, I feel that's true to life, skins. Like, oh, true. That's like, a documentary for me. For me, documentary. Euphoria, you guys need to watch. You keep book. talking about this in Euphoria. It's so good. It's like skins on acid, but let's not continue. I'm sorry. That's another episode. But yeah, so like for me growing up, Ireland was very different because I grew up kind of in the countryside. So I grew up in a town that was on the border to Northern Ireland. So I grew up on the border between the North and the South, like really, really close. People are probably going to figure out where I'm from because of that. But anyway... <laughs> So yeah, kind of around the troubles time, all that kind of stuff. But growing up in the countryside, it was very different. Like I, my house home, or I've grown up in the same house my entire life. We've lived there ever since we grew up. It's like all fields and country behind us. Like I, I would meet up with the neighbor kids and all six or seven of us would meet up and make like playhouses in the fields and That's, go with bogs. I'm, and I'm like tipping cows and like country kids starting fires. Okay, so is that stereotyping? I don't know. But I feel like the stereotypes are there for a reason. And I imagine like guys like building houses out of bales of hay and like yes do you have a computer or a playstation no we got bales of hay Amazing. girl Tell do you know me. what i mean bales of hay were the tea see what i mean okay so just i know it wasn't making it up also as you grow up you realize how expensive bales of hay are <laughs> and why the farmers were chasing you for standing on them. side note you don't if you grew up in the city sorry <laughs> well i only know now um but yeah so like as, as a kid like it would be me and all my, like my neighbor kids because was about three or four houses along this kind of like you know main country road and we would all had all the parents had kids around the same age so we would all go out and play in the fields and in the rivers and the bogs and have all these great games and be out all hours but you guys know me i'm not one to get dirty or to get wet 
So, well, it depends on the situation. <laughs> but like growing up in the country, it's just, it's just a different world. But like I remember as a kid, even I, I did not like getting wet. I did not like getting dirty. So I'd go and play in the fields. But the second it started to get rough, I'd be like, no, 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 no. I can't do this. My clothes are new. I'm not getting dirty. Sorry. Oh my gosh. I love that. Like Connor it was definitely 100% the time. Like when you go swimming. And you have to go into the pool on the first day and you dip your toe and you dip your eye. It's too cold, it's too cold. And I can imagine like your dad in the back and this big macho mask going, just get in the fucking pool, will it? You're supposed to be your man, let's go. And Connor's like, no, it's so cold, I can't. You literally ripped that from my memories. I'm just saying. Oh, wow, this no, I'm just triggering. Triggered, triggered. Connor, stop shaking, please, I'm sorry. <laughs> I take it back. Dad, if you're listening, I love that you. That does sound amazing though. Like the, it sounds like the perfect idyllic childhood in the countryside. It's like being a kid. Like, like properly being a kid getting out and running around and playing yeah it's very much the kind of stereotype of a child getting outside and having fun and it's great because my best friend growing up is still my best friend now she lives next door to me and she so has nice. a she has a son and her son is now having the same childhood that we had as a kid and that's just a mind fuck that's crazy and that's something that i can see with a lot of girls that i went to school with too so my childhood i guess is really different years because i grew up in the city um, I grew up in an area that, like, everybody went to, like, the local, like, state school. It was fine. It was religious. It's not girl school, as I said. But um, my mom and the parents would have known each other. They maybe would have had their kids younger in life. And that was a knock-on effect in the girl with the girls that I went to school with because there was a lot of teenage pregnancies in my school. Oh, really? A yeah. lot. In Dublin? Are you, <laughs> is that a sarcasm that I hear in your voice? You can take that whatever you want. Judge me, bitch. <laughs> At least mine had experience. Y'all didn't even have sex, you're in a field. Okay. True. So there was lots of teenage pregnancy, a lot of women who had babies, and a lot of them stayed there, and a lot of them now were in the same area, and their kids are going to the same school they did, which is, like, so crazy to me. Um, and they like those mammies posting up, like, their children standing inside the front door on the first day of school, yes. perfectly pretty in a form, lunchbox in one hand, school bag in the other. And, like, I think that's amazing, but it's just so alien to me because, obviously, we moved here. But um, yeah, growing up in the city was great. I had everything close to me. So even growing up as a teenager, like we went out in Dublin and it was fine. We had, we played out on the road, but we played on the road. Like I lived on a main ass road. Uh. It was not safe. (coughs) Um, And I'm sure my parents probably would have loved if I had had a field. That's kind of why we moved away because we had like the space to sort of... To the suburbs. To the suburbs. To the suburbs. City girl gone right. (laughs) Um, But it's cool. It was nice. But also growing up where I grew up, I remember being on drug marches with my mom. Have I told you guys about this? I'm sorry, what? What? So the area I grew up in at the time was... No. The area I grew up in at the time and and it still sort of is, um, was kind of very rough and there was a lot of issues with drugs and a lot of young kids were being dragged into uh, gangs and drug dealing yeah dealt with drug dealing and were involved in like the wrong shit Um, and in those days the community really came together and be like what do we want pushers out when do we want it now (gasps) and my mother would like wheel me in the pram on these marches and they took no fucking shit like it was very much like the community taking it back and doing it themselves so my childhood is so different that's so different. <laughs> that oh my so, god. That is so funny. Like can, that's so June though. Can you picture June glam with me in the boogie? To be fair, yes. Like that's just amazing. I'm just that your mother's straightening your hair is like, the marriage is starting at seven. Well girl, it's gonna have to have seven now because I ain't going out with this. Um yeah, so I had a real city childhood. But I guess yours is a mix of both, right, John? Yeah, I was like in a little uh, like a small Irish town, five and a half thousand people, I think it's like seven thousand now. 
So I grew up in a housing estate, like my house is attached to another house. But there's only ter- 32 houses in the actual housing estate. We had a green area, we could walk into the town, we didn't have any bus or anything like that. I had 30 children in my class. Oh my god, public transport is such a... I can't believe y'all had no transport. Oh, we had no, no, we had no buses either. Oh no, we had things like, if you wanted the taxi, you had to ring up. There was all this like, pull on the side of the road. There was one taxi company, he had four taxis. If it's pissing poor rain on a Saturday night, and you can't get one of those taxis, you either sit there and wait it out, or you walk down, or pray someone gives you a lift. Oh my god. It was awful. That's the tea. Like, the amount of times you'd have to pre-order your taxi for yeah. the night out two days in advance. Oh my I god. I mean, Uber, like, when I went to Limerick and there was taxis there and then there was buses. Then I went to Liverpool and there was buses, like, every 10 minutes as opposed to every 10 hours. I bet you were like, what is this? Oh my god. Out? Then I came to London. I was kind of like, you mean, I only have to walk, like, 100 metres before I just sit in public transport. Alien concept. We had to walk everywhere well, my dad drove me everywhere well don't get me wrong like I like love public tra- I love public transport now but like growing up like, there was no bus from where I live into town that's insane that's insane but even when I got into town like my town is a pretty big town in Ireland like there is public transport yeah. but there was just none for me and I was scared to get a bus on my own for a long time because I was like how do oh. I do it <laughs> no you won't go oh when you're I was like, like 16 you're like a country bumpkin coming up to New York City <laughs> hey guys hey guys <laughs> So guys, um, to try and break up this podcast a little bit, we're going to introduce a little segment that we like to call Why, Why Though? That was pretty good. That we did, we so didn't practice good. that at all. So very no. Why are we such harmonious bitches? I know. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a deep dive into the topic of the week, which is childhood, and ask ourselves, Why Though? So Nikki, do you have a particular Why Though moment? My Why Though moment of my childhood is probably why didn't I follow my creative side more okay I feel like now as an adult it's something that I really regret not getting into I regret not getting into music and singing and doing things that I really crave doing now so my why though is why didn't I trust my gut and go and sing and make music and do all those things that you should do as a teenager because I regret not doing it so much now oh bless your little heart yeah and now I'm just a old person trying to make music and that's really depressing no it's not it's encouraging it's very encouraging that's it's like, it's like a second wind at life babe hopefully second, life, second wind at life at 27 wow is that good or bad let's please say it's good it's good it's good it's good, it's good. okay like, like one and a half wind at life okay. is that how it works yeah I don't know but that's a very serious one I kind of, my one's a bit more like oh god like embarrassing cringy childhood memory <laughs> it's okay uh, so I had to ask myself, like, I was obviously, like I've said several times in this episode, I was that little gay kid, I was a bit flouncy, um, and I was told to do everything when I, I play it. I love the word flouncy. So I was told to do sports and musical instruments and everything under the sun, and I was crap at it all. And then eventually I started to do dancing. And as anyone who grew up in Ireland knows, everyone used to go to the dance classes and put on, like, different shows for their families and oh all this God. kind of stuff. I know, you can see where this is going. And I was one of the first boys to go to like dance classes. There was only about a group of maybe five or six at these like, you know, big, huge dance schools with all these girls and stuff. And there was only about five or six boys. Come on, stereotype. Exactly. And I was one of them. And I was a very kind of quiet, meek child. So I would just do as I'm told. And as it was coming up to one of the big shows at the end of the year, the big summer, everyone was putting on one. The school decided to do Greece. And they didn't have a Danny. (laughs) 
Yeah, so oh. I was forced into being Danny uh, alongside uh, this girl that I knew. Um, she's actually a lovely girl. Her, my dad did her wedding. Uh, and she played Sandy. <laughs> small town, small town. Small town, small town. And uh, she was Sandy and I was Danny. And I distinctly remember standing there in like a leather jacket, like only about 11 years old, and singing my heart out to Summer Loving and seeing the people on the side of the stage being like, yeah, you're doing great, you're doing great. And then I found the tape maybe like three or four years ago oh and watched it back. Oh my God. <laughs> Why though? You... No, you need to have... You have to share the tape now. You no, have to it. share the tape. No. If you follow our Instagram, we'll post up regular clips. Daily yeah. clips. If you subscribe to our Patreon, you may get to see it. Oh, <laughs> see. So that's well worth 25 quid. Definitely worth 25 quid. And all proceeds go to the pod. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my really cringy wider moment from my childhood. What about you, John? Mine was like really boring and shit. Well then go on. I remember I was just like eight years of age and I was like, I'm going to be a primary school teacher when I'm older and my brother's going to be my student. So I would like make him do work and like set him homework. <gasps> and I gave my brother homework, which was to draw five pictures with my five simple sentences for each picture. <laughs> and he didn't do the homework and I full on screamed and cried to my mother saying like, he's not doing the homework, he's not doing the homework thinking she'd take my side. And she's like, John, he doesn't have to do the homework. And I full on had a meltdown saying, he has to do the homework. So all I ask is, why was I such a bossy little dickhead? Can I just say that you have not changed in the slightest. You are now an actual primary school teacher yes. screaming at children for not doing their homework. And what eight-year-old worries about those kind of things? A oh, very loser. You were such a loser. But I know. It, but it all worked out. That's the biggest why though for everyone's childhood though is just worrying about things that are so unnecessary. Like yeah. getting worked up about all of these things. Next episode, so the leaving search. Oh, mm. Okay guys. Uh, well, that's the end of the Generation Why Though podcast for this week. Mm. I'm really excited for next week already. Me too. I miss you guys. I know. I know. So as usual, anyone with any feedback, uh, we really want to hear it. We really want to grow as a podcast and learn more. Um, also, if you have any ideas for a topic for another week, we would love to hear from you. You can get us on our Gmail at genwhythough at gmail.com. If you've reached the stage of the podcast, that means you clearly enjoyed us. So if you'd like any additional content, then please follow us on Facebook at Generation Why Though. Also, you can hit us up on Instagram at generation underscore why though, Twitter under the same handle at generation underscore why though. And also, we really appreciate if you can like and subscribe on any of your listening platforms. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, guys. And goodbye. Bye. Bye, guys.